drinking today? I actually am veering off from vodka this evening, and I am drinking the Swablo, which is sangria and Patron. That is quite the concoction. It is. Sounds excellent. Delicious. Wine, wine and tequila. Yeah. What are what are you drinking, Amanda? I have Specca peach vodka and strawberry seltzer today. Did did you say Spedka? Spedka. Spedka vodka. It's a good thing they have good vodka. They do. Welcome to this episode of Veterans Drinking Vodka. We believe that every veteran has a story to tell and we are here to tell it. We have found that being a service member is easy while being a veteran can be hard. In this episode, we are talking to Will Cole. He served in the United States Marine Corps from 2001 to 2006. He started as an aviation electronics technician and eventually he served in the 2111 as an armorer. What are you drinking tonight, Will? I am not a uh, vodka fan, so I'm drinking some Glen Rose bourbon whiskey. Is that straight? Oh, rocks, but yeah. Well, cheers to whiskey. Cheers to whiskey and tequila. And vodka. <laughs> vodka, vodka. Vodka, vodka. Yeah, make sure, make sure to present. <laughs> vodka. The vodka. Well, thank you for being with us tonight, Will. Uh, yes, can you tell us how your journey started and where you're from? Um, I'm from Austin originally. Uh, I was born here in 1981 and ended up kind of moving all over the country. My dad was a banker, so I ended up in Austin, Houston, Dallas, Charlotte. Cheers to Texas. We're cheers today. Cheers. (laughs) (laughs) You're going for it, huh? And then ended up in Maryland and found that I was not exactly a, um, a student type of person. Barely, barely, barely made it through high school. Did about a semester of community college and said, oh, to hell with this. How do you feel about math? Yeah, I don't feel anything about math. I'm apathetic about it. (laughs) Oh, apathy runs in this group. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's kind of a veteran thing. Yeah, no, if I didn't feel apathy about it, it would just produce pure rage. And that's what I've been working on. So that's um, a good reason. Yeah. So I spent... uh, I spent about six or eight months out of being in community college, and my dad kind of threw out a, hey, what are you doing? Get out of my house. That's, I mean, that's, that's where the hell it went. Yeah, it was a, what are you doing right now? Oh, you know, I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing. You're 19. You need to figure out what you're doing quicker. And then the month after that, he said, okay, you need a job or you're you need a new place because you're not staying here, which is very fair. You know, it was one of those things at the time that you go, what the hell, man? And, you know, 20 years down the road, I'm going, good call. So he'd always, always, always told me, you need to go join the army. You need some discipline. And I went and I saw the army recruiter, by the way, (laughs) I stole this. He's currently wearing an army shirt. Oh yeah. Sorry. Podcast makes for good radio. Um, And, the army recruiter said, yeah, I'll be by your house on the 15th. It was like the 9th. On the 15th at that time, that appointment was supposed to happen. Nothing. Nobody there. So I called the recruiter's office and said, hey, I'm supposed to be doing an interview or they said a fake ASVAB or something like that. 
And they said, oh, oh, he's on leave right now. Would you like to set up another one? It's like, oh, <laughs> no, I think I'm okay. <laughs> so I ended up getting a, yeah, exactly. So I ended up getting a call. I'm not sure if they talked to each other or if they were listening to each other because the offices are right next to each other. I got a call from a staff sergeant Detota from the Marine Corps. And the most buttery, smooth-talking individual you ever hear in your life says, I will be at your house in 20 damn minutes. <laughs> and he showed up in 10. Come on. Yeah. Come on, bring it. So I talked to him a little bit. Uh, I took a mock ASVAB and, you know, like, like a couple of the other guests, he showed me a chart and was like, yeah, everything on here. Everything. I think I got an 83 or an 85. And I don't know, it was a long damn time ago. but. Uh, he just said, anything on this chart you want, uh, except for below this line, because they, they want people who get a certain percentage not to be infantry. So I chose aviation electronics and didn't really talk to my parents about it at all. He left and he said, how to go? And I said, oh, it okay. And I think it was a month later, I disappeared at about 4.30 in the morning and I went and did ASVAB, full-on MEPS workup all that stuff. And I showed up back at the house and just said, Hey, and they said, where the hell have you been? I said, Oh, uh, I just enlisted in the Marine Corps. <laughs> my dad just kind of grinned and turned around and walked away. And my mom said, where the hell did that come from? Said, well, I need a place to live. And that sounded like a pretty good place to learn from. So that's where I went. Cheers to the Marine Corps. Cheers to the Marine Corps. Hey, a department of the Navy. <laughs> Of the and of course, the follow-up answer of yeah, the men's department. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy the Marine Marine Corps. Lots of Navy girls do. Oh, <laughs> do. is that a burn? <laughs> you take it as you want. I'm gonna sip on my drink. <laughs> <laughs> so you went into the aviation community and aviation electrician technician right? I did mm-hmm. and then how did you end up in the 2111 so yeah I said not great as a student Pensacola as you know does not make for a good place to study as a young man um, or woman or woman <laughs> yeah let's be all inclusive here it's, it's there's a party there is it a good time <laughs> Hey, Pensacola's a great time. Yeah, you got, you got Seville. There's Pensacola. You got Florabama. You got Seville's. You got yes, Florabama. Yeah. You, got, you got Panama City an hour down the road. That doesn't mesh with studying at all. No. So I went all. through, goodness, a year of trying to get through classes. And, you know, it, it would have been fine, except I didn't study. I just went to the beach. I had a car, which made me a commodity there. So I just, I just partied a lot and ended up them saying, all right, what three jobs would be on your list to go through after this? And not thinking, uh, the first one I put was armor, uh, gun plumber. And that's the one I got. Not thinking because not much of a career after the Marine Corps in that. But who doesn't want to play with guns? Well, I mean, Marines, that's, you know, hey, cool, it goes bang. Awesome. <laughs> I'm not even commenting on any of this. Right? <laughs> I'm just going to drink my drink and enjoy the conversation. 
No, it's uh, yeah, no, it's just big dumb marine couldn't figure out couldn't figure out school and wound up going to work on guns, which was nice because gun uh, twenty one eleven schools in Aberdeen, Maryland, which at that point was twenty nine minutes from where my parents lived. So weekends after school, I'd just go home. Yeah, I'm sure your parents appreciated that. They did at that point. Yeah. <laughs> when you just visited and then left? Yeah, two days, and then go away. Yeah. I got ate all their food and all that stuff because it was back when I could eat all the food and not blow up. Cheers that. <laughs> Being young with a metabolism. Mm-hmm. I've never had a metabolism. God, I did. You could drink all night long, wake up at 4.30 and run eight miles and be fine to work the whole day it was amazing i didn't say hey i didn't say i couldn't drink and then run just <laughs> i didn't have the metabolism for oh that. that all works under being a metabolism you can't do oh, that now will god no <laughs> <laughs> no no running is not it period so will what were your duty stations and what was your favorite one I mean, if you count boot camp, I went to Paris Island. I went to North Carolina. I was at Camp Lejeune for pretty much my entire enlistment, unless you count deployments, which which are Haiti and Iraq, and 29 Stumps, California, for a total of about four months. No one counts 29 Stumps, so which <laughs> one was your favorite? Not even California counts 29 Stumps. I'd say Lejeune. It's, you know, it's real pretty. It's it's a very, very small town named Jacksonville, affectionately known as Turdville. Nobody likes Jacksonville, really, but about 45 minutes down the road is Wilmington, North Carolina, which is beautiful. So I, I live there. I, I live there, there too. Didn't you spend some time there? I lived there for two and a half years. <laughs> I lived there for a solid four. Got married there. Got married at the Hilton there. Um, yeah, I liked I liked Wilmington a lot. I my favorite beach though in North Carolina, like right there, is Surf City. Surf City is very nice. It, it really it, that is. I mean, Wilmington is Wilmington and whatever, and it's more touristy. Um, Marines and the military know about <laughs> Surf City, but it's so I would drive the extra to go there. Yeah, well, you get away from a lot of the garbage that's right. gone to Wilmington. Because uh, of the tourists, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I enjoyed campus. You know, I was there for four years. I guess I'm gonna have to put Wilmington on my bucket list. I'm gonna. Sure. I'll take you there, Amanda. We'll I'll take you to North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. North Carolina is beautiful. It's um, with with moving around and with military. I I think I lived a solid ten years in North Carolina in different places. I mean, North Carolina, North Carolina itself, it's beautiful. It is a beautiful state, whether you're on the coast or you're in West North Carolina and you're in the mountains. I mean, North Carolina is real pretty. I've been to the mountains in North Carolina. Like Blue Ridge and Smoky and all that? Um, Wherever my ex-mother-in-law lived. I couldn't tell you exactly. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> yeah, Just the mountains. So we, could, we could drive there from Virginia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I refuse to drive through Virginia. I get pulled over every single time I go through there. Every time. <laughs> Again, someone that doesn't have something good to say about the East Coast. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. No. West Coast is not the right coast. 
West Coast is the best coast. West Coast is not you the best coast. You are the coast. first one to say yeah. that. Why do you prefer the East Coast over the West Coast? Because uh, the West Coast's motto is, if you can dream it, we can tax it. And it's just too damn expensive. It's way too expensive and it's way too controlling on your life. And, you know, I'm a libertarian. <laughs> Stay away from it. Hey, I'm a libertarian too, and I still prefer the West Coast to the East Coast. <laughs> so he pulled the Switzerland card and moved to Austin. <laughs> uh, I'm from Austin. I'm from Austin. Bless, originally. bless his heart. Bless oh. his heart. Oh. Austin is like the California of Texas. Oh. Cheers. The West Coast is the best coast. West Coast is the best coast. <sighs> nope. All right, Will. So we can talk about this forever, but we know that every veteran has a great active duty story to tell. What is a story that you would like to share with our listeners today? Um, yeah, I thought about this. It's most of my good stuff comes from Iraq, several of which I can't tell. Um, but we, we had a CEO, this guy named Captain Gordon, a real good old boy. I can't remember where he's from. He's from, from the South somewhere. Probably Texas. No, he wasn't from Texas. <laughs> no, I'd be hanging out with that guy right now if that was the case. But uh, he he caught a chicken while we were out in Iraq. He caught a chicken? He caught a chicken. They have he chickens caught, there? Apparently, they have chickens there. That's what a I said. Yard bird. Oh, look. That desert yeah. bird. <laughs> oh, it wasn't something that you'd want to eat. No, it was something you look at and go, oh, that's that poor thing. Was it a ratchet chicken? Yeah. Yeah, it's just tore up. Would you bless that chicken's heart? Yeah, bless his heart. Bless that chicken's heart. Someone brought one and, to my rack. And, and what I mean about this guy and why I'd hang out with him is this guy caught this chicken, and he got some 550 cord and created a leash for it that he tied around its ankle. So we had this chicken that would roam around out front of our company office and – you know, it would attack people as they walked in. You'd walk in and it'd start pecking at you. Just like, you know, was it a help. rooster or was it a hen? I think I think it was a rooster. It's just pissed off all the time. A friend that found a chicken. Well, it was, it was our CO. It was our company oh. commander. Yeah. Company and, commander found a chicken yeah. in Iraq, just to recap. Yeah, if my ass had found a chicken, he wouldn't let me keep it. He was like, no. And then he would and have he taken it. And he created a leash for it and kept he made it, a leash as, for it as a mascot for and your our, group. Our, yeah, our company office was open 24 hours. It always had a duty, had, you know, sergeant of the guard, corporal of the guard, whatever was working throughout the night. And about Of the guard. Of the guard, whatever's working of the night of the guard. And at about 3 a.m. one morning, it was, it was like two weeks after we got the chicken, and the man loved the chicken. And <laughs> at about 3 a.m., the sergeant of the guard, all he heard was this loud squawk and then nothing. <gasps> dead silence so he goes out with his flashlight and his you know his hat and his duty belt and all fired up like where is this thing he found 550 cord tied around a foot with nothing attached to the foot it was just a chicken foot just a chicken foot (gasps) yeah exactly so we had this with this chicken that got picked off by a dingo. Oh, a dingo. Iraqi dog. The damn dingo. And I ate your baby. Cheers to the dingo. He was just looking for that meal. And when 
Captain Gordon woke up. I can't remember if they woke him up for that or if he came in the next morning for work. He was pissed. I mean, pissed. He moved the sergeant of the guard desk out to the front of the building, outside. So there's this, you know, shitty government desk sitting out of the front where he's sitting there all day long in the sun because he let his chicken get killed by a dingo. <laughs> and then we had to organize hunting parties with oh, shotguns God. to go find these dingoes. Oh my gosh. So I'm having this like Bugs Bunny image right now. In my Pretty damn close. Yeah. Of a bunch yeah. of Marines with shotguns hunting a dingo. Only a little <laughs> bit more stupid. Yeah. With their foot. the Marine part. <laughs> I mean, it was quiet. We hunting dingoes. <laughs> and I'm not sure how a Southern and an Australian accent intersect there, but it's, uh, yeah, we, we, we hunted dogs for goodness a month after that. He was, he was mad <laughs> with a Sergeant of the guard sitting there in full camis out in the sun ever since that point. It was like six months of sitting on the sun. It got to 127 had degrees. one job and it wasn't to protect you. It was to protect that chicken. You need to protect the cock. Protect the cock. <laughs> so wait, you guys um, turn the chicken foot into like a lucky chicken foot, like <laughs> yeah, he had it on a keychain. No, I wish he did. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh, I bet he still has I'm it. Not, I'm not sure what happened to the chicken foot. I, I all I know was the rage that man held for dingoes. The and, rage. The rage over his cock getting ate by him. That was his damn cock. <laughs> hey, you can't come between a man and his chicken. That's a pun. This is a big reason why we're doing this podcast because these stories exist and they need to be documented. People need to know the, the foolery that happens. It's, yes. It's, you know, it's know. months and months and months of pure boredom and bullshit like that punctuated by moments of sheer terror right and you have you to gotta be have to that, that steam or you'll just kill somebody yeah you gotta have those moments of dark humor to like mm -hmm. get through the dark times yeah <laughs> so on that note we know that uh we can tell these stories over and over and you know they make for good bar conversation good introductions whatever but Eventually, we all have to get out. How was your transition from military to civilian life? Ongoing. I mean, 18 years later, ongoing. Excellent description. You know, <laughs> I don't want to speak too much on her part, but when, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I, I brought some stuff I didn't want with me. You know, um, if you're interested, look up June 23rd, uh, 2005, Fallujah, Iraq. A lot of stuff happened that day and really, really kind of messed me up. And when I came back, you know, I had a, I had a hard time reintegrating. I really did. It, um, I drove the second night that I was there and my wife looked at me and said, why are you driving down the center of the road? Well, I'm looking for IEDs. You're in Wilmington right now. You realize that, right? Like, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Those are things that you do without even realizing that you're doing. It's, you just, I mean, that was just became life at that point. 
you know, it, I kind of struggled with that for about a year and a half until a certain issue came up that was not mine. And then I focused on that for the last 12 or 13 years and kind of put things off and put things off. And it's something that you need not to do. It's something that you need to work on because it'll eat you up and it'll stop you from doing a lot of things that you should have done. And it kind of, kind of wreck things in your life if you don't deal with it or talk to somebody. I'm learning how to talk to people right now. And, and it's, it's eye opening 20 years later. It yeah. really is being able to tell things because I, you know, I'm, I don't generally outside of this, this is, this is great, but I generally don't talk about even being in the military. Um, I work with people that I've worked with. I work at a hospital now uh, that I worked with for six, eight, 10 months that have no clue I was in the Marine Corps just because talking about it makes me think about it. Thinking about it makes me think about stuff that kind of damaged me and stuff that I never dealt with, dealt with. Um, but it's ongoing. It's I'm, I'm in the middle of healing from it right now. And, you know, I didn't go through a lot relatively. I know that's kind of a common thing to say, but it was still enough. It was, it was still enough. Jen, as a matter of fact, helped me through a lot of it in the last six months. She is so good. Fucking amazing, right? At what she does. And I'm glad yeah. that we were able to have her as a guest on our podcast because yeah. she's excellent at what she does. Yeah, people listening to this, honestly, if you have an issue, if you're having problems, if you're having things, think about contact her. Yeah. I mean, contact me too. But she is good at what she does and understands and knows what to say. Absolutely. She's a big reason why. I started on my mental health journey six months ago because I, I was on the same path as you or I just didn't, I didn't deal with it ever. Yeah. It's just burning down. Like the house was burning down and I was saying, no, this is fine. That's, that's a comic. It's normal. I'm looking for, I've got a water bottle that has kind of my mantra now on it. And I, if you've ever seen the cartoon with the dog sitting at the table and his house is burning down around him and it's just him drinking coffee saying, no, this is fine. Right. That's how I've been. That's how I've been for 20 years. No, everything's fine. I yeah. know it's not fine. Absolutely. But you don't want anyone else to know it's not fine. No, 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 no. And a lot not. of people have no idea. They have no idea because you still function. You Because we we know how to function when we have when to. Fuck that. When we have yeah. to. And yeah. so part of the journey the mental health journey of veterans is is crossing that bridge to go from i'm not okay or to go from everything's fine i don't want anyone to know that anything is wrong with me to i'm not okay and now i need to get the help that i'm scared to get yeah and afraid of facing it yeah right right because you go years and years and years And it's something that I'm trying to think of the right words here. It's something that we're scared to deal with because we're scared we might lose our job or we're scared that we might diminish in value. Weak and vulnerable. Right. Vulnerable is the word. We're trained. Vulnerability is a huge thing. We're trained to not be weak and to not be vulnerable, and to not let anyone know that we're either of those things. So Never show vulnerability. That's when someone can strike. 
Right. And that's Marine Corps. That's no, you're, you're hard, you're charged, you're right. Ready to go. Same. You know, we, we weren't in the Marine Corps, but Amber and I were both air traffic controllers. And so I, I I was at Pensacola in 2001. Yeah. 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 So I was in high school. (laughs) (laughs) I was there in 2001 too, but yeah. I work with 25 year old nurses and I just go, are you, are you serious right now? I was in Iraq when you were four. Right. (laughs) That's how college was for me. I was like, like they went out and they were like, where were you for September 11th type of thing? I'm in school right now there with all those kids. And they were all like, I wasn't born. I was watching. And then they get to me and I'm like, I was at war and they were all like, see, there's a story for you. I was sitting on what's called company hours in Pensacola, which is you're waiting to class up. And I was working in the master sergeant's office and we had a TV that they pulled in when the first tower got hit. Yeah. And we're sitting there watching this like, Whoa, this is crazy. Because if you remember 2001 in Pensacola, they took every that's they took everybody into the mega building, and then they said, "Okay, this is probably a target, so we're going to move everyone elsewhere." Mm-hmm. But you're sitting from peacetime military to the second plane hitting, like it yeah. was that quick. To the master sergeant who kind of ran everything, walking out of his office and going, "Hey boys, y'all ready? We're going to war!" And then yeah. turn around, walking down the 19, going, "Holy." Yeah. Happened. What just happened? Yep. Yeah. You know, it's it's something that I don't know. It's something that's hard to explain because everything changed at that point. Right. Like, when the hell did this get so serious? Yeah. Yeah. It does. But so, how are you doing now that you've started your journey on? helping getting help with your mental health honestly surprisingly well you know I'm, I'm in the middle of a separation i'm in the middle of learning how to talk to people and i work in a hospital with nurses and it's all it's all people who care who aren't sitting there waiting for their chance to talk if that makes any sense they're they're sitting there actually listening to what's going on and have constructive things to say as opposed to, well, you know, this is what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. And it, it was interesting because I was able to break out of my mold of, I don't want to talk about it. I'm good. Everything's fine because everything was not fine. And it's been in the last, I'd say last five months, really good, really amazing. I've learned how not to hang on to anything because it just eats you up. And, you know, part of the catalyst for that was several months ago, I went, I had to drive to to Kansas for a real good friend who had, I'm not sure if he had committed suicide. I'm not sure if it was an accident, but he was found dead from drinking, from whatever else he was taking. And, you know, I just said to hell with this, you know, if this is happening to him, 20 years after the fact, I need to get rid of this. You know, I took most of what I wanted from the Marine Corps and left most of what I didn't, but what I didn't want was what I took with me. And I needed to fix that. And I needed the best way to do that is to, to tell people this is what I'm feeling like. And I don't know why. Right. 
How did you kind of get started on that journey? I think a lot of people don't know exactly where to start or how to get help. Yeah, that that's that's the hard part. For me it was seeing a buddy uh, you know, I didn't actually see him, but seeing being having to perform a last rites military I guess you'd call it a, a you know, we gave up, we saluted, we put his boots at the altar at the church he was at and it was a holy shit, I need to fix this before it eats me alive. And people will just let it eat them alive. They'll ruin their friendships. They'll ruin their jobs. They'll ruin their children. Yes. And they won't understand that you need to fix this. And you're thinking of temporary fixes for problems that will get better. But they won't won't get better if you go the easy road. Yeah. Easy road. It's, it's permanent. You're, you're done and you're leaving ripples. Right. You're still have it all trailing behind you. Yeah. Have like brief pauses where you can quiet it as opposed to getting like on the upward climb on a steady climb. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This got stupid serious. So cheers to the 22. Cheers to the 22. Way too many. And then if you had advice, thank you, by the way, for, for getting so serious because it's important. It's important for people to know that they're not the only ones going through what all of us are going through. And so if you had advice for your fellow veterans, either getting out now and just being on the start of being a veteran or ones that have been struggling for many, many years, what would that advice be? Man, that's a hard question. Um, Give up your ego. Give up your pride. There's a problem and you know there's a problem and you're ignoring the problem. And that problem gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And eventually the problem gets so big that even you trying to ignore it just to just destroys you. Absolutely. Um, find somebody you trust. You know, I know it's hard to trust people when you're in that state. It's hard to trust anybody after coming back from war, after coming back from getting out of a place where they tell you, don't show weakness. Don't show emotion. any kind of, don't show emotion. Don't show any kind of entrance. Don't, show any kind of hole in your armor that they can get to because if you are rock solid then everyone can depend on you fuck that you need to talk to somebody you need to let that shit out of that armor because it's also trapping inside of that armor and it's cooking you alive yeah and it's that's kind of where i'm at with that you know <laughs> i started with the va years and years and years ago and i think they said you have tbi you have PTSD. Uh, if you want to fight for that, that's fine. Uh, we're going to give you 10% for your hearing because I was an armor. I shot guns six days a week. 10% for your hearing is standard across it's, the board. Yeah, it's, it's you know, I have 40% of my hearing and I have tinnitus. Here's 140 bucks every month. Boom, bye. And the VA is not helpful. I mean, it's... I work I work at a hospital. I work at the trauma center in Austin and it's amazing what healthcare can be 
And it's amazing what people who care can be and take that leap, figure out some, figure out somebody that you can tell this shit to, because it's important. You need to figure out who you can saying out loud, what the problem is, has been instrumental and, and where I'm at at this point. And, you know, I'm in school, I'm about to finish up school to be a surgical tech, which is a big jump from what I'm doing now. And the only reason that happened is because I've kind of gotten rid of a lot of stuff that stopped me from doing that. Because if you just swallow it, you're never going to do anything. You're just going to sit there and you're going to say, I'm fine right now. And what I'm doing is fine. And that's not fine. You need to keep growing. Right. There's a whole world out there. Yeah. Always I don't improve. have a whole lot to say right now. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a real thing and it's something that we're all going through and yeah. it's something that every veteran goes through regardless of what their story is. And so if you need oh. help, like reach, reach out. There's, if you don't have insurance, there's programs that, that can help you get the help you need. There's, oh, hell, I'll talk to you. Jen will talk to you. Amber right. will talk to you. Amanda will yeah. talk to you. Fuck, there are people who will talk to you everywhere. Yes. Who will wake okay. up at four in the morning yeah. and say, let's go get a beer, man. Yeah. I'm always, I am always available. And on all of my social media platforms and my personal life, like I am available 100%. Yeah. I work nights. Guess what? I don't sleep anymore. Right. Send me a text. Call me. Yeah. So I'm having some trouble right now. So, okay. All right. Oh. I actually had someone reach out to me today who is not a veteran, but I'm available to him and he knows that. Okay. Uh, let me, let me address that. Cause I work in a hospital and I've talked to a lot of people who I know there's a podcast about veterans, but people who go through PTSD and go through issues who think that you can't have it from nothing related to combat or, any kind of things like that. And they refuse to get help because I said, I'm not worth getting help. And that's crap. That's just not true. No, no, hell no. Yep. I mean, I, the first podcast I've never, I haven't been to work. I've never left the United States of America, except for when I was a kid and went to Canada. And when I was in San Diego and we went to, uh, Tijuana. So, um, don't go to TJ anymore. (laughs) I heard you're not allowed to go to TJ anymore. You, you but get kidnapped now. They like the blonde I, girls well, down there. I'm still. Did you say they like the blonde girls? They do. They'll snatch you up quick. Well, then Amanda, we definitely can't go. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Every time I go, they try to buy me. But no matter what um, I have gone through or what someone else has gone through, whether you were in combat or whether you weren't even in the military, there are still issues that people are going through and sometimes they just need someone to talk to you. Absolutely. And everyone's story is their own and it affects everyone differently. You know, there's a story for you. One of the problems is, is a matter of perspective that people have is I talked to a gunnery sergeant who, when my grandfather died, he said, Hey, you know, you need to get over this. You're, people's grandfathers die all the time. And I said, you know, that doesn't make it any easier. Everybody's going through their own thing. Everybody's having their own problems. And that's, you know, if a big problem, a lot of people with PTSD, especially veterans have is the concept of, well, I didn't do this or I didn't do this. So I shouldn't be feeling this way. 
so it shouldn't exist and I don't need help. And that's, that's garbage. That's, if you are feeling this way, you are feeling this way. And you need to talk about it. You need to let it out. And you'd be amazed at how much people will listen, how much people will say, hey, talk to me. Let's, let's, let's go hang out. Let's go get some coffee and talk about this. Because people, yeah. people care. You'd be amazed at how much people care. And sometimes all it takes is just a coffee or an ice cream or a beer or whatever, Something. you know, they need. Not, <laughs> not sitting in your bed at the house. A you kamikaze know, drinking yourself trip stupid. <laughs> yeah. God, that sounds really nice. <laughs> kamikaze trip to the beach. We'll Hell yeah. pick you up the next time we go through. Like, Come on. Houston, so you can meet us there. Come on. We got we got an annual pass. <laughs> nice. Um, I'm down. Definitely, Amber. Do you want to talk a little bit about the charity that we're supporting in our journey? Yes, ma'am. So, um, first of all, thank you, Will, for um, being here and sharing your your story and a part of your life with us. Um, the charity that we have chosen to support. And that we will advocate forever is the Till Vahala Project um, and supporting 22 a day. They are firm believers in the fact that 22 a day is 22 too many. You know, I did a march in Austin that was uh, 22 kilograms, 22 uh, kilometers. Yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a 50 pound pack, and all we wore was, you know, ranger panties and boots and a pack and it was it was eye-opening it was you know the concept of this is how many people kill themselves every day over this right because we because they won't open up and they can't get help and they don't think they have anywhere to turn to exactly that's huge but reach out like go go to your local vfw if you're really having a hard time they they have been great in my life. I can't speak for anyone else, but it was so nice for me to be able to walk in there and share stories and talk to people, even on a fun, like a fun level, maybe not as deep of a level, but to not have to explain who I was or what I did because they already know. And you, yeah, you didn't have to qualify yourself with those people. You they know you're there. Enjoy their company. And that, that saved me from a dark place a couple of times. Yeah, and that's when I was like, man, you know, maybe what I'm going through isn't normal, and I need to start figuring out what to do. Hundred percent. I mean, I mean that's that's, what... that's the whole reason I did, I agreed to do this podcast. I'm a, I'm an introvert. This scares the hell out of me. And but you're amazing. You're oh, a I great storyteller. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, your calling. <laughs> yeah, I. You know, it's funny because I'm an ordained minister. And I pref- I've done 11 weddings so far, and it terrifies me every time. But knowing what y'all support and knowing what y'all are doing and knowing, hey, this is a fucking message. Listen, you need to talk to people and you need to get this outside of yourself because if you don't put it out, it's it's going to kill you. Right. It's so going if, to destroy you. If people wanted to reach out to you, where can they find you? Facebook, Instagram. Um, I can give you my number. You have my number. Right. Um, I don't. I'll give it to I, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Text me seriously. Seriously, contact me after this. I'll tell you jokes all night long because I work at night. You get three a.m. Hey, what are you doing? Piss off, dude. I'm sleeping. I'm sleeping. 
but I'm uh, right now that's my nap time. Yeah, it's three. Now napping from twelve to one is my nap time. Yeah, <laughs> I took a good nap today. And what um what are you just at Will Cole on all of those? Uh, Facebook and Instagram. I think Instagram. I'm Radagast26 because I was a real big nerd as a kid. Facebook. I'm William Cole. Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll put his information Zuelli. into the show notes. So. If anyone would like to contact Will on Facebook or Instagram, we'll put that into the show notes. And then if you would like to contact him directly, let us know and we'll we'll get you in contact with him. Please do. Phone number. If you would like to contact us, Amber and I, we can be found on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Veterans Drink and Vodka. Or you can always send us an email at veteransdrinkandvodka.com. I'm sorry, veterans at gmail.com. Gmail. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still still thinking about these stories that we've been telling today. I got yeah. more if you want to keep talking, but <laughs> well, we would like to bring you back at another time if you would like to come back at another time. I'm down, definitely. This has been You're great. always for that. Yeah, right. As I said, it terrifies me, but enough whiskey, it's fine. Yeah, well, you you've done a great job. Thank you. Um, please reach out to Amanda and I at Veterans Drinking Vodka on the platforms that she just listed if you would like to share your story with us. You can send us an email or a DM and we will get your story <laughs> out there. If you like our podcast, subscribe on Podbean, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, or Amazon. Um, so please, um, leave us a review. Let us know what you think. We would love to hear your feedback. We would really love to hear from you. Uh, 22 a day is 22 too many. One is too many. One is too many. And you are never alone. That's just me and Vodka. Cheers to that. Cheers. <laughs>